Welcome to We Heart Mom Jokes. I'm Lalita. I'm the queer single mom by choice of a 14-year-old. And I'm Smitha. I'm a straight married mom of two. And me and Lalita met doing stand-up. And we started the podcast a long time ago when the pandemic started uh, because we were wondering how are other parents coping in this very difficult time are they coping at all and so we decided to ask people that we love talking to other comics so today we're really thrilled to have with us a very special guest you guys we're doing something we've never done before we have a dad on our podcast i'm so thrilled to welcome today erin patrick who is a father, of course, a comic, and based out in the East Coast. So as usual, we'll start with a clip from his stand-up so you can hear about him in his own words. So I walk in, and we get the x-rays, I'm waiting for the results, the doctor walks in, and he puts it up on the wall, and he says, do you see your foot here? I said, yeah. Do you see your pinky toe right there? I said, yes. Do you notice how it, it you can't really tell it's broken? I said, yeah, he said, that's what we in the medical field have termed an unimpressive break. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this term before, but like I said, my wife thought it was hilarious. And I just sat there thinking, I've disappointed a lot of people in my life, <laughs> but disappointing a doctor in that situation in front of my wife and child, it's up there, it was. I've been married for 11 years to my high school sweetheart. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can tell we got a lot of couples here tonight. Uh, 11's a big year, a big year for us, and a lot of things happening, but after you've been together for a while, things start to change. Things you were into in your early years, things you did on the honeymoon, you're not gonna do, right? I think we can all agree on that. And I said, Reggie, do you got some advice for me how to you know, turn things up, how to get the flames going again with my wife? And he said, yeah, here's what you need to do. You need to find a love song and take the lyrics from that love song and text it to her, right? Took this advice, started looking at the lyrics, I picked out the best part of the song, and I texted my wife and I just said, hey babe, I'll make love to you like you want me to, and I'll hold you tight, baby, all through the night. Mm, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's good. You can't, who's gonna turn that down, right? Well, a few minutes later, ding, reply from my wife. I'm in line at the grocery store and the woman in front of me has 33 items in her cart and it's the 12 items or less line. We'll talk about this later. So if any of you happy couples out there have some advice for me, I'll be hanging out in the back and I would love to hear it. Welcome, Erin. Hey, thanks for having me. I need to make a disclaimer immediately. I, I make fun of dad jokes in my comedy. And so I hope you're not fragile is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I also make fun of dad jokes in my own comedy. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I also thought this was like kind of exciting. It's like a rivalry showdown because dad jokes meets mom jokes. <laughs> Who will emerge the champion? The kids, basically. Yes, yes. But <laughs> Yeah, there's only one winner. I, I also, I, I just feel that I need to plug the non-binary jokes 
Oh, um, yeah. But so dad jokes, mom jokes, non-binary jokes, and the kids are always the winner. I think we're agreed on that. Yes. There is something. What do you feel, Aaron? Is it kind of, you seem like a quote unquote modern dad, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know. I have a lot of conversations with my own dad about parenting because <laughs> he's like parenting when I was younger, it was completely different. The gender norms. He's like, if I even want to consider doing some of the things that you guys do now as dads, like I take my, I took my son to a mommy and me class. He's like, I can't imagine like going to work and talking to my buddies about that. And um, he's like, but there's nothing wrong with that. So I got pretty lucky with my parents, their understanding of where they came from, but also understand that, you know, some of those things needed to change. And they're glad to see that those things are changes. I love to hear that. I don't know. It's, it is. Anyway, my dad was very much of the generation or the mindset of, I don't know if we can blame or he's a whole generation, but definitely he was definitely of the mindset of, you know, whatever's going on with these kids, don't blame me. I'm never here. It can't be my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with me. I mean, I'm not even here just to ruin them. So clearly it's somebody else. That's enlightening. You've been having the bedtime filibuster, Smith. And I mean, you're doing everything right. I know it doesn't feel like that at 1030 at night when you're arguing about the glass of water, but you're a great parent and you're creating the next generation of public speakers, influencers. There you go. Have you experienced this, Erin, the bedtime filibuster? Like suddenly there's so many reasons to talk to you and come out of the room and excuses after excuses and it's funny when you start to realize like it's planned yeah it's it's gotten a a lot more extravagant with all the little extra things that we now have to do to get out of the room so he can finally go to sleep so yeah (laughs) i've heard people talk about how the reason why it's so exhausting the bedtime filibuster is because the end is in sight like you know you're like in 10 minutes i can be on the couch by myself Mm-hmm. but no yeah we start you know? playing through the okay we normally can watch three episodes of a show if okay. this goes 10 minutes longer then we got to decide are we going to watch that third one and not get as much sleep and be horrible tomorrow or do we just go to bed disappointed 20 minutes early thinking man we could have watched more. yeah yeah it's that definitely starts running through your head 100 yeah. percent. all the while i'm sitting here with my 14 year old wishing <laughs> he would come out of his room to talk to me oh man <laughs> Just, maybe I'll, I'll ask him if he could filibuster a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, might, he won't know what it is, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My son has this take on your teacher, Aaron, and you've, you've definitely weathered the storm this pandemic year. But my son has this take on history that there's no point learning it because it's already passed. And I just, I don't know where to begin with that. Mm. <laughs> Well, the good thing is, apparently, if he doesn't learn it, he's going to repeat it, so he'll get it eventually. So I think that is the same. But it's funny you say that. So my very first lesson I ever did teaching, I was student teaching, and I'm in Maryland, and I'm teaching a group of seventh graders about the 13 colonies. And I said, all right, who wants to come up here and point out Maryland on the map, right? An easy one. All the hands go up except for one. And I decide on my first lesson, I'm going to be that teacher. I'm going to call on the kid who doesn't want to volunteer. And I said, hey, why don't you... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I tell him to come up and I said, hey, come up and point out Maryland on the map. He says, why would I need to point it out on a map? I already am there. (laughs) (laughs) 
and, it, and that has stuck with me and will stick with me for probably my entire teaching career of like, don't ask stupid questions. Like, mm-hmm. like, yes. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that gets me every time I think about that. Okay. We should talk about your experience as a teacher. What grade do you teach and how has it been over the last year? So I teach grades mm-hmm. five through 12. My primary position is I'm the librarian or the mm-hmm. term we like to use now is library media specialist. And I also teach computer science to students in high school. Okay. So teenage angst all day, every day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So have you been teaching remotely for this year? Yeah, so we finished up last school year remotely, and this year we switched to hybrid. A lot luckier than uh, a lot of other places. A lot of teachers that I'm friends with that have been virtual all year, I just, it's, it's so much. It's like, I just, it's, I, I don't even have words to talk about it sometimes. You know, it's hard to connect with students, to talk to kids, like to get to know them. I would imagine it's kind of like just working with a bunch of 14 year olds. Like you said, your yeah. son doesn't come out of his room. That's kind of the feeling that a lot of us have with a lot of our students is they wouldn't come out of their room for most of the time. Tell us about your show. You run a show called Dad Jokes Aren't Funny. No, what is it no. called? <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, One More Dad Joke. It's a virtual comedy show where comics come on and perform five minutes of whatever material. And then they just have to finish their set with their favorite dad joke. I'm a clean comic here in Baltimore. And also with the virtual aspect has been great because I don't know if our paths would have crossed had it not been for mm-hmm. everything happening. But uh, I've gotten to meet so many great comics from all over the world. We've had comics on from, I believe, at least four different continents. Because wow. we had North, South, Europe. We had Australia. Yeah, actually, five. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was five. Five different continents have been on the show, which is great. It's just it's just super corny and like mm. just lighthearted. And it's just fun. Like I just feel like there's so much negativity and it just I feel like it's just like a bright light and I I really enjoy it the other thing that I kind of brought to the show was I'm a middle-aged well not middle-aged I'm a 35 year old white guy I noticed I'm middle-aged you're not mid- 30, no, I, I, I apologize yeah. <laughs> you're middle-aged I'm dead that's not offend the host do not offend the host do not offend the host and then I called myself middle-aged sorry but I noticed that a lot of the shows even online it was you know four or five white guys and then another comic, whether it was a woman or non-binary or a person of color or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And I just, I started to see that sort of in my scene where I was as well. I work in education in my school. We do a lot of work in diversity and equity. And I was like, you always say like, I want to do something other than just post things on Instagram. (laughs) So I always make sure that I have people from different areas, different cultures, different backgrounds, because I enjoy all comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. like most people cringe at the idea of sitting at an open mic for two or three hours. And I'm still at that point where I'm like, I just love comedy. Like I even love bad comedy because I feel like you can still find the comedy in it. And also it can make you feel better about your own comedy. Yeah. I like to say, I love comedy so much that even when it's bad, it's good. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes, I am 100% there. Also, Erin, I just wanted to say, you'll be pleased to know that you are the diversity candidate on our podcast. So <laughs> as, as the only guy on our podcast, you know. Yes, and just so. a little note to all the guys listening, don't bother. Don't write in. This is... Yeah. <laughs> we've already had one. <laughs> We're not... Yeah, we've already... That's it. We're done now. <laughs> this, this will be definitely something that I add to my bio. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What oh is the definition goodness. of a dad joke? Because... Oh. 
my son says it's a joke that's not funny and it's like okay so then it's not a joke like men have to ruin everything like you we can't do. mess we with do. the basic definition that's not how language works <laughs> because i would say to you to your first point yes we do ruin everything absolutely <laughs> everything we definitely do so but uh, i just think it's just like a, a quick one-liner it's corny and honestly where that idea for me came from when i started doing comedy a lot of the comics that I enjoy are more storytellers and I felt myself kind of going that way. And then I took a beat for a minute and realized I don't even know how to write a joke. And then I found a community online called the Hot Breath Community, started mm -hmm. by a comedian in Atlanta, Joel Byers. You would show up at 10 a.m., you would get a word of the day, you'd have 10 minutes to write a joke, everybody would post their joke and we would vote on it. And that really helped me with just the plain structure of writing a joke, the setup, the punch, boom, boom, boom. Um, all of mine were horrible. All of mine were terrible, but it was so much fun. I consider myself like a student of comedy. Like I'm constantly reading these biographies of great comedians and that's all they all said. Like they didn't know how to write a joke and then they learned how to do it. And in the beginning, you're like, wow, this isn't what's going to get me my HBO special. That one liner about socks. Like, no, it's not, but it's going to teach you the structure and that's what I enjoy about it. And just as a side note, I forgot to warn you guys at the beginning of this, my wife made it clear that I should give you all a safe word for when you want me to stop talking. Oh. So <laughs> because I just, when I get on a topic that I'm really excited about, I just go, 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 go. Oh, yeah. And I can see your faces and I'm like, should I stop or keep going? But my brain's like, no, you got this. Just keep going. So yeah. <laughs> No, this is definitely the comedy nerd convention. So, you know, you're, awesome. you're, you're preaching to the choir here. We love to hear this stuff. Exactly. I just always really, really love talking to comedians that take the art of writing seriously. That yeah. there's, to me, that is, that's kind of where it's at. And not all comedy is necessarily like that. For, for me, it's very much about the good, the, the well-written joke. Yeah. And like I have these long stories that I want to get out, the weird things I did as a kid, the funny stuff that I that happens to me now as a father. And I want to share those stories because I feel like people can connect with them. It brings them joy. But it's like, if you're just up there telling about the funny thing your toddler says, but you're taking 15 minutes to do it when you mm -hmm. can do it in 30 seconds. Bobby Oliver says, pay $5 for every word and make your jokes cheap. And that yeah. <laughs> Such yeah. great advice. Make your jokes cheap in, in that way, not in the other way. You touched on one of my pet peeves, Erin, which is people going on and on about their kids because like, they don't realize your kid is cute to you. And not really anybody else. Sorry. It's like, hey, I have some pictures of our Saturday when we were at the park. Safe Would you word. Like to see safe them? word. Yeah, safe word, safe word. There you, go. <laughs> you know what? There should be a safe word for when parents start boring you about their kids. And it should be a universal safe word like flamingo or something, you know. So you can just, you know. Maybe when people listen, they can uh, send in comments of what they think that word should be. But you know, like when you were talking about dad jokes and the definition, I feel kind of sheepish because I think mom jokes is not even a thing. I mean, we started this podcast playing on the words like mom jokes as in the verb and the noun, mom jokes, right? But what is a mom joke? And I don't think they're any funnier than dad jokes. Sorry, Lalita, I know you disagree, but... 
right? Wow, is this our, our public falling out? I didn't realize we were going to do this publicly. This is kind oh of fun. God. Okay, this is very yeah. you know, keeping yeah. up with the Kardashians kind of thing. Oh, yeah, confrontation. Ooh. No, I think yeah. you're actually, we're back to the meta thing. Mom jokes don't exist in the same way that mom's work is not considered work. So we don't even get to have our own jokes the same way that our labor is unrecognized. If a mom joked in a forest, does the joke even exist? <laughs> does the mom even exist? Yeah. Yeah if, yeah, if a mom jokes in the forest and then the punchline is women aren't funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what I do love about like this new wave of parent comedy is it's like parenting is such a weird and isolating experience. It's one of my like top ways to connect with my friends these days, sending parenting memes at each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100% I send to friends all the time. A lot of times they don't want me to and have told me to stop numerous times, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I'm taking a page out of my dad's book where he used to just send like, like, uh, random news stories that he would find online and he would just email it to people. Like, and I, just, <laughs> I think that's, this is my generation's thing of sending TikTok videos and stuff like that. You were telling me earlier that you had two conflicting, I guess, social events this weekend, but with your friends who didn't have children and your friends who do have children. Oh, <laughs> so one night we hung out with a group of friends who were a little bit younger and had a good time. We were, you know, baby free weekend, which was nice. And it was a good time. It was a good time. But then the next day, we went to another couple who had a kid and we just had a lot more fun because you're just like telling the war stories of parenting. And then at one point, because there was another couple there too that had kids and our three kids are playing and they're in the sprinkler and we just look at each other like, all right, which kid is going to cry first, right? And we're like <laughs> taking wagers and we start like, you would think as parents, we'd be like, oh, my son's not a crier. And we were like, it's going to be us. It's definitely. And then as we say that, my son starts crying. And yes. And then 10 minutes later, the other one and the other, it's the domino effect of monkey see, mm -hmm. monkey do, or in this case, monkey cry, but also I'm going to cry too. So yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the crying is not about being hurt. Like I remember when I first started dating my husband, if, if I cried for no reason, he would, he would try very carefully to be like, when's the last time you ate? And, you know, that would usually make me really mad, but then I'd eat something and then I would feel better. So, yeah. you know, yeah, because I get hangry, like, in, like yes. my son will say to me, mom, just have something to eat. Like you're just, just yeah. really, oh. when I first was training him in the, in the art of periods, he would say, I, do you have your periods I like that? <laughs> I know that you're trying to be empathetic, but this is not a good life. Safe word, safe word, safe word. Yeah. Shut that down. Right. Shut yeah. that down. Yeah. He was just trying to be kind. But I haven't heard of people crying when they need to eat something, Smith. That's a whole new thing. We need a word for that. Hangry. No, the hangry cry. It's the a thing. Cry. And I mean, the hangrier you are, the less willing you are to admit what it is, which is mm. the hangry cry. Yeah. So, you yes. know. Yeah. <laughs> So I have it, so I can't blame my kids when they have it. So you use um, the YouTube clips I saw of you, you use animation. So uh, a lot of the clips that I have right now are from virtual shows. So it's essentially just my face really big on the screen. You mean like on Zoom? 
Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought instead of just showing clips of me in a Zoom meeting, I would do something different. So I just found the Animaker was the website that I used for that. Just uh, my animating skills were just the character just moving its arms back and forth, standing behind a microphone. And I was like, I think that's real enough. That'll work. So yeah, for, for the audience who can't see, Aaron was just moving his hands up and down like a chopping robot yeah. kind of <laughs> something. I don't know. Aren't all robots a little choppy? They choppy chop. robots, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah, so you the know. clips, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, no, it was dumb. I was just going to say, I know what kind of salads choppy robots like. <laughs> sorry, Chop, no. That, chopped salads. There you Got go. It. Yeah, see, I'm, I apologize for that. So. Uh, yeah. This has been fun. No, <laughs> no <laughs> goodbye. No, you know what? That was on brand, okay? We knew we were going to get some of those. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm a little stressed out throughout this podcast. Well, I'm worried that we're going to have to tell a dad joke at the end. Oh, we do. He's going to make us do that, Smitha. And you did <laughs> not prepare. We do. I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I am. I am. Among yourselves. And I'm just going <laughs> to get myself online. <laughs> you know what it is? We recently purchased a joke book for my son. And so, like, I've been reading them and enjoying them. Uh, on both levels one because they're silly and two i'm like wow the structure of this joke is misdirecting or punning or whatever it is and so yeah that's what i like when i watch stand-up specials or movies doing stand-up has enhanced how i watch those things but it's also ruined it because you start to break down you're like okay this is how they set up the callback. This is the rule of three. This is the the one-liner. And it's like you watch, I watch comedy so much differently now, especially going back on some of the stand-up specials that I kind of grew up on. Like Brian Regan's one of my favorite comedians and just re-watching some of the shows and like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I see how he got such a big laugh at this point and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just is amazing to me. I, lo- I love it. But sometimes I find myself laughing at something and I'm like, it's definitely funny, but I can't tell why. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I think I think the choppy robots will never truly take over. Because <laughs> there's just these moments of magic that it it it's not like everyone's just filling out a form and writing jokes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's no like it's not like an ad lib where you can just like, all right, I'm gonna use these words instead of this person's words and I'll get the same laughs. No, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this formula for Here's my formula for why I think stand-up is so great, which is it's careful curation of jokes plus appearing unrehearsed plus plus leaving room for random magic. Mm. Yes. I think those last two that you had were two things that I'm right now constantly working on. But Mm. I'm also trying to do things like what's weird on the stage that I'm performing on. I was on a show where the comic did 20 minutes on the stage yeah like she just talked about everything on the stage and just kept oh, going about and the was, stage yeah that's it that's it it was all because the state we were in like wow. i can't even describe it she said it felt like she was performing in a flea market five minutes on this box and then 10 minutes on this piece of cloth hanging on the wall and it blew me away and i was like i've seen her perform before and she has really really great stuff and i was like i was hoping you do this joke and that joke but you just just did that she's like yeah i had to like did you not see where we were performing? Nobody said anything about it. How did you guys not say anything? And I'm like, because I'm too you know, worried about making sure I say the right 
part of my joke that I was working on. I think it's only like only really smart people can simplify complex things like it's it you have to be super smart to be a really really good teacher to make things very simple and it's the same I think only a comedian has a really solid set that knows they can go back to that whenever they want and has that agility to just get and dip into their material they have the confidence to do exactly that to just blow up and riff because you know you've got stuff to fall back on one of the first shows I did like ever I had five minutes and I mean I had rehearsed you know the first tight five like I have rehearsed Mm. that five minutes so much and the thought of anything happening to throw me off or was just terrifying to me and then the headliner turned and I was there two hours early to stake everything out and I sat there with my piece of paper and practice and then the headliner kind of breezed in you know 10 minutes before we were supposed to go up and said how many minutes do I have Yes. Or yep. yeah, you could take 15, maybe 17. She's like, okay, cool. And starts making some notes. And it was like, okay, this is my goal. Yeah. yeah. I was watching a few roasts the other day and some roasts I find very mean and not nice. But I find the roasts that delight me the most is when they pick on stuff that everybody can see, but it's somehow still very hilarious. Like there was one where like this guy was talking and they were like, where are the rest of your teeth? And it was just wonderful. Like, you know, it, it was like a child would pick up on that immediately. Like, you know, this person doesn't have many teeth. But I think as adults, we're taught to like smooth over things and be polite. And you forget to like take out that filter. Because, and even this person who was like making jokes about the stage, because your instinct is to be like, ah, oh, this is a stage. It's fine. I'll go with it. But to like stop and be like, why does this carpet look like vomit? Yeah. And it's yeah. funny you mentioned roast battles. One of the things I'm trying to do is put myself in situations where I already know I'm not comfortable. And so I did a virtual roast battle like two weeks ago uh-huh. and it was brutal. I got destroyed. I had so much fun. I am not good at like quick comebacks or like mm-hmm. one-liners. I, that is not my forte. Even though I run a show that's based around one-liners, it's mm-hmm. not my forte. It's not my wheelhouse, but it's Can like... Can I make a guess? It's because you're a nice person. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Nice yeah. people. I'm a nice person. I find it very hard to roast, like... You know, I mean, I can in my head. I'm really good at it. Like I can think of mean things about people that annoy me, but Mm -hmm. in that quick moment and like, yeah, you said, they said something obvious and I, I think it'll resonate here is the comic roasted me. She had said, you look like a guy who would wear a fanny pack just because like, (laughs) I was just like, I do. I I give up. (laughs) Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, that's horrible. You, that you ruined my day. I was just like, yes, you pinpointed my essence in 11 words and that's it. So, yeah. I, this is probably not where I should admit that I love roasting because you just both said that you're nice people and that's why you don't like it. So yeah, draw your own conclusions from this. I didn't think I would be good at it because I don't like actively hurting people's feelings, mm-hmm. but you can do that. Like that's not, nobody's going to get hurt by that statement. And so there's actually, it's quite a skill to roast someone without hurting their feelings, yeah. but still being funny. So I actually enjoy it, but it's hard to do it in the moment. There's this show called joke roast toast jokes you do a minute of roast a minute of toast that's actually harder to for me because i'm not a nice person we just established that Mm. to do a minute of why you like someone if you don't know anything about them it's much easier to kind of look at someone and quickly look at their social media and find a couple of things to criticize but to big them up it's it's also because people tend not to put on social media that 
you know, they volunteer or whatever it is that makes them good people. Oh, you have a different social media for me. All I get all day is brags, but go on. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't do that social media. But yeah, so Mm -hmm. you would do, we would should team up. We should do podcasts together. (laughs) You do the roast, I'll do the toast. Yes. I'll roast you toast. Oh my God, this is so, this is making me hangry, this part, this this conversation, all this roasting and toasting. Roast and toast (laughs) with moms. I was worried about about being roasted. I'm like, what do they mean? But all Mm -hmm. that, I've done it twice. And both times the different comedians have said, I look like, the lady from the magic school bus. <gasps> Miss Frizzle. Oh my goodness. But I'm a teacher. And That's a good thing to me. Like Right? That's what I feel. I'm like, oh, thank you. You're we're in the roast part. Let me just this explain is- to you in my teacher mode. You're in the wrong part. This is not the roast part. You're in the toast part. No, you're in the yes, roast yes. part or whatever. <laughs> you should be mean to me. Be mean to me. Miss Frizzle, is that her name? Miss Frizzle. Yes. And yeah. isn't the latest one Kate McKinnon? what yeah and God, think- i'm fangirling so hard right now <laughs> yeah it, that's a compliment that's quite the compliment. Uh-huh. yeah oh, oh i feel yeah. that i should even write a joke about that like i'm the new miss mm. frizzle or something i think so bio. you know i'm always wondering i love it when people open their set with i know i look like x married y and had a baby like when they can pinpoint exactly what they look like i wish i knew what i looked like to me i mean obviously i look gorgeous but you know <laughs> that's why i did the roast I did that because so in my high school, we have a thing called the, it was called the senior underground where some people would list everybody's name and they would write mean things about each person. And it was anonymous. So it was kind of everybody got in a, in a sense roasted. Right. And I, it was put, ours was put up online and then immediately taken down by school administration. <laughs> and I knew who wrote it. So I went to him and I said, Hey, Jeremy, what did you guys write about me? I want to know what people actually think about me. And he showed me and says, Aaron, that guy's too nice to say anything mean about. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I wanted to be roasted. And so mm-hmm. when I ha- finally had the opportunity to have someone do it, and man, they did not hold back. It was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time, though. I asked her. She's actually on. Yeah, she's on my show, One More Dad Joke, this week. Very, very funny comedian. She is, is. hilarious. Yes, oh. I, it was. It felt good to be roasted by someone at that level that knew what they were doing and mm-hmm. a roast master. Yes, yes, I would definitely say so. <laughs> <laughs> to look at the world with childlike abandon and no fear of because that's what it is. I, yeah. I said before, my four-year-old. It's like living with a bully. When you're a kid, you have no filter. It's how you see the world, and I feel yeah. like that's a that's just a, a mindset I don't have. And it might be because when I was a child I wasn't allowed to like speak up and say things at a turn my mom was a teacher my dad was in the military I wouldn't say they were like super strict but I think it was more like I had these inner thoughts I but I never had a place to get them out and now that I'm doing stand-up I'm starting to so Mm -hmm. um but this is I know you had mentioned in your intro and talking about the show that you did this because you enjoy talking to comedians this Mm -hmm. is my favorite thing is just Mm -hmm talking about stupid silly stuff and just laughing and everything and so yeah, yeah this is this is great yeah it truly is the one of the one most wonderful things you know just talking shop with other creative minds roasty toasty minds yeah, <laughs> yes. there you go <laughs> and you said, how did you describe four-year-olds they don't have a filter you you just described me basically which is the reason <laughs> i do comedy like i have no filter i'm always inappropriate I'm always that person in the room who says the wrong thing but if you're a comedian it doesn't matter so much 
That's a feature, not a bug, if you're a right. comedian. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I feel like grandmothers are like that too. I guess they just kind of go past life and they, you know, they're the, you know, they, they kind of go through all those expectations and they're like, we're done. And they kind of lose their filter as well. So I'm excited <laughs> to become a grandmother and lose my filters, not I be afraid. I, I just need to, this, we talked about this in, in Kim Evie's podcast, but I just need to point out that your children are two and five. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's a it's a ways off, is what I'm saying. It is a ways off. Maybe I should not tell people my children's age and just pretend to be a grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, my grandma definitely did not hold back any punches. That she was very much so of the mind of like, I'm just gonna tell you what's on my mind because I don't have any time left to <laughs> kind of hold things back. But it was good because before she had passed, she actually told me that I was her favorite grandson and that my wife was her favorite granddaughter-in-law. She whispered it to us and she was like, don't tell them. And it, <laughs> <laughs> But now here I am saying it on a podcast, so. And this is the 15th podcast that you've mentioned this fact on. Yes. Granny, he's told everyone. You know, I have this theory on why grandmothers are so savage. It's because like, if you look at their life, like my grandmothers, they didn't have epidural. They had to do all the childcare. <laughs> they had no thanks. Like one of them even lived through like independence in India. Like, you know, I'd be surprised if they weren't mad as hell. So, you know, they just kind of had to let the world know, I think. Yeah. I'd be mad if I were them. What's a grandmother joke? A grandmother joke is just Ooh. a no filter, no holds barred. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I had this joke I do about a savage grandma where it's like, I took my grandmother to the museum and as a treat and I was like, grandma, did you like it? And she was like, eh, nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, that is great. <laughs> Okay, I think we've come to the end of our time here. So, so I did dad joke. Are you gonna ask oh, dad joke. dad joke? Oh, yeah, we gotta do our jokes, yes. Okay. Who goes first? Dad's first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one I it doesn't normally I, okay, I'm not gonna do that. It doesn't normally get laughs, but I do it for me. But I'm still doing that anyway. How do you receive a kiss from a rose? With sealed lips. <laughs> A rose, the flower. With like there was song. an artist in the 90s named Seal who had a song go, I can see that you were kissed by a rose on the... I don't know. Wow. But yeah, so. You're good singing in addition to comedy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was told at an early comic age to not do that because they're, what is it, musical comedians are like their own thing. They're like, just try to be funny on your own first. And I was like, oh, I disagree. I love it when you're in a regular comedy show and people do a little musical comedy. Arvin Clay does this song uh, about Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and it's it's so unexpected and it's so funny and it's in the middle of a stand-up set and it's amazing. So sing, do it. Yeah. Also, I was just thinking Bo Burnham is laughing all the way to the bank. So no. do that musical comedy. <laughs> And you have a great yep. voice, what we just, yep. you know, in those mm -hmm. five seconds. But that was the joke, so there's no punchline? No, there was a punchline. <laughs> you missed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you receive a kiss from a rose with sealed lips? 
and seal is the thing. I honestly don't know why you guys had me on here. This <laughs> I, I think I, I think I'd like the way my face is right now. I feel that needs to be publicized to to advertise the podcast. <laughs> yeah, her face is well, it's a uh, it's not impressed, definitely. Her face. The, okay, so the only other one that I like is my sort of go-to is my wife was upset about our new neighbors that moved in, which was a family of horses. Uh, and I told her it's okay. Um, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be good neighbors. Oh dear. See, that's that's the other reaction. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm a lesbian. It's all I can. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got one. This is kind of like a mom joke, but it yeah, anyway, it, it's kind of a corporate mom joke, whatever. Which is I told my career coach, I think I have imposter syndrome. And she was like, No, you don't belong in that group. <laughs> Excellent. I don't. I don't have a corporate mom joke. It's the same as a dad. We've lost Aaron. He's just laughing so hard, like yeah. <laughs> he's falling over laughing. That's not the correct response. So it's definitely not a dad joke. So mine's a little long, which makes me think that it's not really a dad joke. But I think the punchline is really cheesy. So okay, see if I can remember this. When my kids started virtual school, the math teacher went on leave, and so everything was up in the air. We didn't know who the new math teacher was going to be we didn't know when the classes would start again we didn't know what book we were going to use i mean that's just for an algebra class that's a lot of variables <laughs> everybody's yes. laughing okay it's not a dad joke yeah. <laughs> but it feels like it's not a good joke either but it's but you you said the magic word cheesy that's it. yes. it's gotta be cheesy dads mm -hmm. love cheese and so that's where it comes from so i love cheese. Yes. 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 yes yes i like that mm -hmm. a we good cheese joke all right Smita, take us home okay so we've reached the end of our podcast and the last thing is plugs so Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, so Aaron Patrick Comedy, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, the only thing is if you're listening and didn't see the spelling in my name, it's actually E-R-I-N. And if you're thinking to yourself, aren't most E-R-I-N Aaron's women, you would be correct. And uh, <laughs> I would have shared that with my parents 35 years ago. Probably would have made my middle school years a lot less awkward. So yeah. <laughs> but yes, Aaron Patrick Comedy. I yeah. mean, middle school is awkward no matter what. It's just what was the variable. So Yes, yes. And right. as, as always, you can find us on We Heart Mom Jokes at Instagram. And I, Lalita D Comedy, D-W-E, Lalita D Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Almost Favorite on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Erin. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me on. This was great. This was great.